Welcome everybody to another edition of Stuff We Like, a Gentleman Dog Portrait Post Show where we just kind of like pick a subject and we're talking about it. And today I'm going to uh, discuss with Mike here one of my favorite comedians, uh, <laughs> authors, uh, he's, a, he's a TV guy. You might know him as the uh, PC guy from those Mac vs. PC commercials for Apple, but you may also know him as a Daily Show correspondent. And this would be John Hodgman himself. John Hodgman. John Hodgman. Uh, Mike's experience with him. Uh, last last time uh, we met up, I gave him... I loaned him my book of That Is All, which is in a series of three books written by John Hodgman of complete world knowledge. Uh, and this is the last one. And the thing of it, what defines it as the last one is he believes it was uh, to be the last book he would ever write because of the Myland Calendar... Which did not pan out. <laughs> so now it's kind of like, it's now a look back at how awkward it was. Like, we're planning for the world to end. And there's actually a 365-day uh, calendar saying, today in Ragnarok. Yeah, like it says, if the world has a yeah. spiral, you know. Yeah, uh, like uh, here. Uh, on April 6th, before the apocalypse... Ryan Seacrest cannot complete his radio show because his mouth and lungs are full of tiny black flies. He's immediately given a new contract worth 25 million shiny shells a year. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I I think um, a lot of this, what I was reading in the beginning, I was only checking out the beginning really, but uh, it reminds me of... Um, this guy's what is his thing? You know Dave Eggers. Have you ever read Dave Eggers? Uh, you might have to hum a few bars. No, no hold on. <laughs> this is not really. It doesn't really remind me specifically of Dave Eggers, but he has this. But is it like the content or like the writing of it? Because uh, the voice that Hodgman uses in this one, as well as what he has become, is a uh, deranged yeah. millionaire. So, uh, the, oh, so there's this there's this site called McSweeney's. The McSweeney's uh, they release all kinds of. They release like a literary quarterly or something, but they also do like uh, short story collections. It's it's basically all the the people from the Daily Show and other comedy writers. Everybody's writing kind of highbrow, you know, more I think, satirical. I think actually I do remember that. And it, it's it's kind of not a huge thing, McSweeney's, but um, but it's successful, and I think John Hodgman's probably contributed to it. I know some of the people probably from it have, has. in yeah. the in the beginning, like gave their like reviews of it. Yeah. Which he, uh, uh, what I like about it is it like I've read, I've read most of this book. I've read most of that is all, and I think the sections that I have read uh, are somewhat relatable. It's got a section on here on uh, wine tasting. Which is actually, uh, I actually opened up adorable white wine pairings, uh, and it says something like, "If you are eating one thousand fried clams, uh, then stop questioning me." That's like the title of the uh, the title of the chart header. And stop questioning me and simply pour a velvety, opaque, double conditioning prel de suave. <laughs> <laughs> Or if you are eating pineapple slices on a bed of white American cheese cubes, then stop questioning me and simply pour vodka. It doesn't even say wine; it just says vodka. <laughs> it's very, uh, yeah, like like it it exists in this expansive universe of all these like you know 
not real, not really, but they're funny to like, you know. It's it's it's, it's enough like to get a, a laugh. Like yeah, yeah. if you read the entire thing start to finish, like it's without not a stopping. real thing that exists, but yeah. it's funny to imagine that it does. Yeah. If uh if you read the whole thing start to finish, then it is going to sound a lot like uh the National Enquirer Examiner, where it's like a giant tabloid, and like you can only suspend disbelief with this kind of stuff for so long. But what originally got me into it was the book Areas of My Expertise, the first in the series. Right. And, uh... This was, uh, the game we play, by the way. Yes, well, originally I found out about him, not from The Daily Show, or, yes, we all saw those Mac vs. PC commercials, but because a game that we play, uh, was heavily inspired by, uh, John Hodgman, because in his first book, The Areas of My Expertise, there is a list of over 700 hobo names. <laughs> And I think he's done, like, a similar motif in all the books. I can't say enough for uh, his second book, More Information Than You Require, because I haven't read that. But in this book, he actually has... I'm trying to get to the last one. 700 demon names. <laughs> some of which are... <laughs> some of which are, like, insane. Like, uh... Anako... Uh, Adnako the Modern, who will weigh all hearts on a digital scale. <laughs> Actually, that's a continuation of a joke on that. Anubis, who will weigh all hearts on a scale, and Anako, the modern, who will weigh all hearts on a digital scale. Uh, Haboth, who is always bragging about his expensive digital heart meat thermometer. <laughs> yeah, it, it, a lot of it is like jokes, but then there's like ones that are just like, <laughs> Captain Howdy? That's going to be a demon name, Captain Howdy, and Granny Goodness. <laughs> and then there's one that's a straight up Nick Nolte. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's this book, um, The Sotweed Factor, by uh, the, uh, it's it's about like a 1700s era dude who who's it's like Don Quixote. It's like like everything that he's like a total dork, and he gets into all these misunderstandings, and. Uh, one part of the book is just like several pages of whores names. <laughs> really? Yeah. Or no, or what you would what, synonyms for whore basically. Oh, okay. So it's like he's like you you this and the other guys like you that, you know, and he it's like you prostitute and the other guys like you whore and they go on for like seven pages or something or three three or four pages. <laughs> and it's like all these old 1700s terms for like uh you harlot, you hussy. You know. Yeah, there's there's lists like that in uh, his books as well. I remember there was one. The thing of it is, I actually gave uh, my copy of Areas of My Expertise to my uh, college roommate mm -hmm. as like a parting gift. And I have yet to buy another one because I can't fucking find it anywhere. It's a hilarious book. There's like uh, Prohibition Names for Gin. <laughs> and there, there was one that was just like straight up like uh, gin, uh, Juniper Berry Juice. Or like, uh, I forget the list, but it was just like, you're not even friggin' trying anymore, are you? <laughs> uh, that bathtub gin mill. But, uh, the thing about these books is that, uh, yes, uh, there, uh, there's probably like a section in there that you could like easily quote to a friend just out of nowhere. Like, if there was someone that was coming back from a cruise, which I actually know uh, of someone that is going to. Uh, come back from one. There is a yeah, <laughs> hopefully. No, yeah, no, no, hopefully, unless the Bermuda Triangle gets them, which he does specify in this book to be wary of, 
But how on some cruises, you know how they have uh, towel sculptures? Yes. And then they put on the bed or like in the shower? Yep. Uh, they actually have a towel sculpture divination table, which what you find unasked for on your bed and what is generally accepted to mean from the person that left it. So if you find two swans kissing, what is generally accepted to mean you will find romance on this trip and you will require a towel after lovemaking. So there's like there's like okay that's that's actually kind of clever by itself and then there's just like weird ones like a snake with a piece of red ribbon for a tongue is generally accepted to mean we did not feel like working too hard on a towel sculpture today <laughs> a stingray that simply looks like a vagina you see genitalia everywhere don't you <laughs> I've got I've gotten the uh, monkey hanging from a coat hanger. The towel, the monkey's made out of the towel, but yep. they put it on a coat hanger and hang the coat hanger somewhere. Ah, a monkey that has been crucified on a coat hanger. Yes. That's exactly, that is generally accepted to mean you are not safe here because we hate you. And there's <laughs> nice. actually like a, a little figure with a uh, monkey on the towel. Uh, and it says, if you do not leave $100 in the monkey's mouth before you go to dinner, I cannot be responsible for what will happen to you. <laughs> so thank goodness you're okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, the reason I bring him up, though, is not because of the book, and I just decided let's do a, a thing about Hodgman, is because, uh, since I listen and semi-watch videos at work, uh, yet, just yesterday, I was alerted to a show called, uh, Speakeasy. Okay. And it, it's, it's like a, a 15-minute segments mm -hmm. with, uh, actors and John, I just like, okay, well, oh, they have John Hodgman on here? Hmm. Really? And he had all the same charm and charisma as you would expect in the What are they, the like, skits that happen? Is it a show, like, in a... It's an interview, actually. Oh, it's an interview show. Okay, 15... Yeah, it's... What's it's, it called again? It's, it is simply called, uh, Speakeasy, uh, um, with... Damn it! I am. But like, is there some theme? Paul to F. Tompkins. Show? A speakeasy with Paul F. Tompkins. It's just pretty much. It's it's, it's just an interview with okay. uh, an actors interview and actresses. Show. Like uh, I saw one with John Hodgman, of course, uh, with uh, Jillian Jacobs, Allison Brie. There's one with uh, Aziz Ansari. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's one of those things like uh, I stumbled upon it, much like how you would stumble upon a regular speakeasy. Oddly <laughs> enough, I'm definitely gonna subscribe oh to it my now. Oh gosh! And yeah. They're like they're they're having like mixed drinks along with it, oh, so, so it already okay. it already piqued That's my. That's the little bit of a theme they have going. Yeah, I think I found out about it originally because no 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 this was while I was watching this and then he actually did it. Uh... It's always nice to include something that I think that's humanizing, like. You drink drinks. Yeah. Aziz Ansari's drinking a drink. What it's, kind of drink are you drinking, Aziz? Let's talk about it for a minute. And, it, and then you become like... Yeah. It's more personal. Yeah, no, no. But it, 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 like, it appeals to the mixologist in me because I want to know what they're drinking. That, uh, this reminds me of an... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's like talking and he's like... He's giving like his story about how he came to be. Like how he got his first... He talked about how he got his gig mm -hmm. uh, as being the PC guy on the commercials. Right. Uh, and... <laughs> He started off with, well, I was a writer, and then they, uh, for a part-time cheesemonger. <laughs> He's like, well, <laughs> my, uh, my grocery store manager came up to me and was like, look, everyone comes to New York City and thinks they can mong cheese. <laughs> you need to build, you need to build a trade. You need to, you need to get out there and do something else. <laughs> <laughs> 
And he's like semi knowledgeable about this stuff, so it's like, wow. Holy yeah. crap. Or maybe he's fully knowledgeable and I'm just getting a very bad impression because of my own jealous prejudices. <laughs> so maybe there's that. But he actually, he's knowledgeable about stuff that uh, would surprise you. Like he, he taught me, because I like saw him do it and then I like saw a uh, tutorial and now I want to try it but I don't know when. He taught me how to flame uh, a fruit peel. Which, like, you just kind of, like, cut out a little section. You, like, uh, bring the oils to the surface with a match. And you squeeze it. The squeeze of the rind on a match. And it just, like, makes a flame. That sparkles into the drink. Oh, okay. Over yeah. As part it, of it's a, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a bartending, yeah. Drink, uh, bartending trick. It's like, wow, holy crap. He's... <laughs> How does he know all this stuff? Mm. So, that's, that's... That is a comedian that I idolize. He's done a lot. And, man... I I wanted I wanted to do shit like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Like we all get like those very unrealistic goals of I want to be famous or I want to be a famous actress or actor, uh, and I just want to be known. And like you're watching these things, you're watching these interviews, and you're thinking they're just like me. I could do this too, but mm-hmm. you probably probably don't have the same panache, you know. I guess so. I'll stick to my day job, you know. Yeah. Maybe maybe audition on the side. I don't know. I that's the I don't I don't have professional acting experience. So mm-hmm. I so they have something that I don't have, and that frightens the shit out of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you ever find what you were looking for? Um, uh, what I was looking for the tattoos before? No, no, no. The uh, the the. Oh yeah, McSweeney's was the name of the thing. Um, mm-hmm. McSweeney's and I mean I don't know it's I don't have an example he they have if I had one of the books they're very McSweeney's started out as a magazine that published only things that were rejected by other magazines <laughs> and wow. um and it's Dave Eggers who's this writer okay Dave Eggers is just this crazy guy if you read he wrote heartbreaking work of staggering genius he a lot of people like him as a writer whatever whatever but it's he's noteworthy because of McSweeney's besides his books and also um he has shops that he opened up in California and New York that are uh, like in New York City you can go to the store and it's it's like a superhero supply store it's called mm-hmm. so they have like this like all these you know you can buy like capes and uh, gloves and there's things like magic dust and stuff you know it's it's like a fake store kind of that actually sells these things but in the back it's in reality the purpose of it is to like tutor kids in english and give them like a writing center independent from their school mm-hmm. so like i don't know he he's kind of just a quirky guy like in the, the one in san francisco or something or wherever it is la it's like a a pirate themed one it's a pirate supply store so i don't ah eh, whatever anyway but but these uh, the things in john hodgman's book are a lot um they're similar like it's kind of like if you liked this artist like you should listen to this there are like a lot of similar uh, style of writers that you know yeah probably probably um Goodness. honestly i have like zero idea how these people like really get their start other than just like well uh, I kind of did some writing and then I like showed up for an interview mm. when I got it. Uh, I think that, I think that they, that's what they do, but I think that they're like, they're always writing. Like they're always making the music. Like the people that get famous making music 
Probably. are waking up and making music every day. Like, they're writing whatever, however many hundred Which words or thousand words a day. Yeah, it, it would probably be, like, almost Herculean to, like, come, like, do something after, like, your normal job and, like, have ambitions for something else. So, I, I applaud people that, like, have the day job and then as a night job be, I like, an entertainer. if you have that strong you know? passion, you know, you can, um... Yeah. I mean, I don't think it matters to a lot of these people that they are famous or if they are. Maybe. I think it uh, depends what you're doing, but... but I mean, like, it's something like if you're a comedian, like, your career kind of hinges on it, but maybe you love comedy enough where even if you never got famous, you'd be doing it today in some small alley <laughs> place. Not in an actual alley. That would be bad. But then again, I see, like, uh... uh okay, alright, since... We'll keep in the theme of, like, something that John Hodgman was. Uh... He was a Daily Show correspondent, and I've seen clips of pe- of the Daily Show recently, just like here and there. And there is a senior correspondent, Jessica Williams. Okay. Okay. Uh, she is. She's actually was the youngest correspondent ever. She actually became one in 2012. If she's 25 right now, that means she started when she was 22. Hmm. On the Daily Which Show. Is, the Daily Show is. I remember Craig Kilborn on The Daily Show. Yeah? And this was, like, when Comedy Central almost ran, like, stand-up exclusively. I remember. Those were, like, those... Um, even those were weird days on Comedy Central, you know? There was like, Dr. If, Katz, uh, If you If Bob you turned Margaret. it on at, like, what, at 2 p.m., and it was, like, you had an off day or something, or you're coming back early, it was, like, Comedy Central, unless you wanted to watch they really, had, like, obscure comedians. They had some movies, yeah, but, like, yeah. Well, if you turn it on now, like, in the middle of the day, you're going to get a stoner comedy. It used to be, like, History of the World Part 2 or whatever, and, mm. like, I remember, I don't know, uh, you know, uh, it was either, City it was, Slickers or something. Yeah, it was either stoner comedy or, like, obscure stand-up now, comedian, which maybe, like, the obscure stand-up comedian was yeah. funny, but it certainly wasn't something that you would, like, actively tune into, like, every day, you know what I mean? Like, maybe you caught them at, like, a good part of a joke, and you're like, you know, they maybe will stay. They had Premium Blend, that was pretty good. Where they yeah. took, like, a bunch of comedians, and they John took... Oliver had his own stand-up show uh, that had, like, a collection of comedians. Hmm. It's it's not a new concept, but it gets some names out there, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, well Premium Blend was, like, you, you would, uh... They took stand-up that was recorded, and they just took, like... This this joke that took, you know, maybe it's like a series of jokes, but it's like one theme from one topic you cover in your stand-up. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, all right, we'll take, this was like really good from him, and this was really good from this guy. And they make a show of like, so you get to see a bunch of different stand-up, but like the yeah. cream, the, the, the cream meat, of the crop, the best of their act or something. Yeah, but uh, Jessica Williams, going back to that for a second, like, as much as they think like, oh, wow, uh, she's 22 and she's like already on The Daily Show. Like, I'm also going to point out that it's like six years earlier than that. She uh, started on Nickelodeon, so she was, like, in high school starting to do that. So it's, like, these people that, like, want to make this their lives, I think people they start, like, really early. People in, well, it's not, it's probably, but people also, I think, envision that it's easy. Yeah. And it's really, and they think that it's just kind of like picking a winning lottery ticket. Like, oh, if I got picked, I would suddenly be in this position. And, and like, a lot of the, the reality, like, like, Taylor Swift, like grew up in a rich family and her family exactly uh, you know put it, her it in was these a very talent, they like shoved her into this it was a very bit. fostering environment for a yeah, lot of these like, people she could go and get vocal lessons from this really expensive vocal teacher and get and and, and just she was like groomed towards that 
but sort of position. When it comes to comedy, though, uh, I would certainly want to do something like what John Hodgman does, which is surreal. Yeah. Uh, it's very offbeat. Right. It's 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 a lot of like just bear with me for a second. I'm going to explain yeah, how Octopi a... are going to conquer the world. It's a good word for it. Yeah, yeah. but is it's sur- it is surreal because that's that's what this whole the, it's it's a complete world knowledge, but it's not of our world it, unless you yeah, really want it to be. Yeah. And it and it involves. Um, I mean, you have to you ha- you yourself have to know about a lot of stuff for it to make sense yeah. and to appreciate what he's talking because about. Because a lot of it is satire. <laughs> You know yeah, what I mean? Like, draws... in the first book, I remember specifically, he said there's 51 states. And the 51st state is... He actually created an entire backstory for it. It's a nomadic state. Like, if, if you... Like, don't... its last known sighting was, like, in 2008 on the east side of New York City. It's... Ex- it's If you haven't read, like, National Geographic or, like, a New York Times article about politics or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're, you're used to a certain level of language with something that like that being serious and this yeah. is like uh, this level of language and, and like, like I would, detail i would rather do that and create like fantastical ridiculous i do that all the time uh if some if someone gave me a prompt or like connect this and this i would tell you they're one and the same and here's why <laughs> uh and I, I would probably like go on as long as i would need to and i'd probably fill up like a couple pages mm-hmm. uh doing that for an entire book might be exhausting but hey i could try it one time I, mean, well, I would be directly ripping off his style topic, if I just did like short stories like this just, yeah. uh, but it would certainly be a lot more preferable to do that at least to me than try and be topical nowadays because have you, have you heard about how Jerry Seinfeld refuses to do uh, college campuses he really? refuses to do shows at college campuses because of the political correct uh, uh, culture that we going on now hmm. because now a, what so comedy used to be for a, yeah. well what comedy used to be uh for a lot of comedians was like pushing the envelope and taking issues and making light of them uh, they do that though no they do they do but there are some comedians that um they do it well they do it well enough like louis ck will do that but i think he also has like enough That's of true. a he's got enough of like a big name to do that where people aren't going to like crucify him after he did a. Uh... I think there's a way to do it though, in a way that's going to be offensive if you think. Yes, if you're yeah, not of course careful. there is. Like that's why he's a good comedian because he can do that. He's done that on the on SNL, and I actually talked and about I'm it sure. on a previous show. He's also but... kind of careful too. Like he'll be like, and I don't mean this, and I'm not going to say yeah. that, and this is what? what I mean. Let me exp- like he does a lot of like le- s- setting up a scaffolding before he takes this jump. You know? Yes, yes, so. I agree with that. But if, if a new comedian did that, if a new comedian immediately tried to be edgy and pushy, I think people would, like, really just go at him. Like, uh, I know Daniel Tosh isn't for everybody, mm-hmm. but, like, he's, he's made a name for himself just being, like, very just edgy. Like, don't come close to him or you'll cut your finger edgy. Mm-hmm. Uh... But then there's, like, I think the ones that try to be, like, smart comedians, like Dimitri Martin. Have you ever seen any of his stuff? Yes. And he it's used like, to have a show briefly. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, I remember that. And then it's like, uh, uh this doesn't really, like, stick with me. Like, he, he's got some clever stuff. It's not, yeah, it's less comedy and more, like... Uh, Witty observations. Ex- ex- yeah, experimental, like... But, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, like... Like, word thoughts, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think the, in particular, there was, like, one with Jerry Seinfeld, and he, like, did a setup of a joke with, like, a, a, a gay king, or something like that. Like, it was a gay friend, it was a French king, 
And I think he, like, uh, did it uh, in a voice that was like, oh, are you trying to say that French people are gay or something? Are you trying to... Are you trying to... And, like, people will make that connection. And then I think after that, he's like, you know what? I'm not doing colleges anymore. <laughs> I saw Dave Coulier at my college perform stand-up. I don't... There weren't a lot of people that did stand-up at my college, honestly. It wasn't very good. Yeah. He was the Uncle Joey, if you guys don't know, from Full House. Uh, the blonde comedian. Yeah, uncle, I, I know. Goofy uncle. And he tried to... He wasn't just... His stand-up wasn't that great, and it seemed like he... I don't know. He milked it a little bit, the Full House thing. and Maybe. That's what people really came to see, was this guy. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but... Um... <clears throat> Like the the uh, guy that's taking over for the Daily Show, I don't care enough to remember the name because I'm not really gonna. W- I've, n- I've never really watched it before, but oh yeah, I used yeah. to watch it. I used to watch it for whatever reason. Now I don't watch it, but yeah, same here. Well, I just get like snippets here and there. That's all. Uh, but when it was announced that he was taking over, people dug through his Twitter history and found like offensive jokes that he made. Um, and in response, Patton Oswald did, like, a, a succession of tweets. There was, like, 53 or 54 of them uh, where he made a joke and then he kept making, like, comments like, uh, by this word, I don't mean to offend anyone uh, of this race or creed, uh, and certainly I don't mean to offend anyone of this lobby or this particular preference. After all, this is a word that is only meant to do this. And he just kept clarifying it because, like, it's, it's a very big... It's... He was making fun of people that, like, take jokes way too seriously and try and find uh, offense in them. Right. And I, I read through the entire thing. I'm like, wow, this is... I mean, it's it's overkill, but it's like, it makes a very good point. <laughs> There's only so many times you can say it's a joke, lighten up, before someone goes on a tirade and says, you have to lighten up, we are not meaning to offend anybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a it's a fine line. That's the thing. It's not a it's ambiguous. So. Which is why I think it's easier to just do like alternate reality stuff like Hodgman, because mm-hmm. like this this shit cracks me up because I know how the world is, and I know there aren't like secret ketchup deposits in some country somewhere because that's their main export. It's like <laughs> okay, that's ridiculous, but you know what? It's funny. I think my only complaint is that it just gets a little long in the tooth. Now I gotta and since I have this book, now I'm going to try and find the other two. And make, like, a complete collection. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you know? But, uh... I don't know. This is... <sighs> that was my suggestion. I, I say you all check out Hodgman. He's probably... He's probably got some segments, uh, online. Definitely check out the Speakeasy show with him on it. <coughs> uh, but I think that's the end of my... That's the end of my shtick. End of my spiel. Okay. Yeah. Any any final remarks? Uh, no. No. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I don't know. All it right. Seems like a good book. Yeah. I think it's, it seems enjoyable. Well, and in either case, uh, enjoy your day. Enjoy your day. Uh, this has Have been Mike day, and guys. Dean on uh, uh, stuff we like. Tune us in next time when we probably talk about something else. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, guys. No, that's what we do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Take it easy, everybody. See ya.